Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Welcome back, Northwest Wild Country, Sports Radio 950 KDR. Steelhead Nation, Todd Ripley. Yes, sir. It's that time of year. Were you in at the start of Steelhead Nation, or is this the first Steelhead Nation you've been involved with? Uh, for You mean for this year? I think you were in with uh, John McMillan, weren't you guys, when we kicked off Steelhead Nation? Yeah, we did. I believe first we one. did. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Yeah, we're almost done with it uh, next week, I believe. March 4th will be uh, the last installment. It's been a good ride. Uh, plenty to always to talk about, obviously, uh, whether we're uh, up here in Washington or Oregon. Uh, Steelhead Nation brought to you by Bomac and Lama Glass, of course, uh, contributing sponsors, and uh, they've been fantastic to work with, so always glad to have those companies involved. Uh, if you haven't checked them out, go to bow-mac.com or lamaglass.com. Check out everything they got going on. They got some good deals. The uh, plug rod special ran out yesterday at Sportco and OE, and, boy, they sold a ton of them. Yeah, uh, Lama Glass makes some pretty good plug rods. Uh, yeah, and oddly enough, I really promoted last week on the ProCam deal uh the um the uh classic glass mm-hmm. rod 68 bucks 70 bucks 69 but 70 bucks we had that on sale for most folks went in a lot of guys went in they bought that quick series because you're saving at least 50 bucks on that quick series mm-hmm. and they got it for 149 dollars yeah those are pretty versatile rods for yeah. everywhere from salmon down to smaller steelhead it really is point. yep we uh i had keith jensen and, and uh, justin uh, martin in last week mm-hmm. and we were talking about that and keith said man that is a great rod for his for his troll on walleye Oh, no that eight foot one, you know, eight foot uh, one piece, um, eight hundred one series, eight uh, eight to fifteen, and uh, just really loves that rod for for walleye. So versatile in everything that it does, and uh, we talked about a, a gamut of different things. But if you didn't get it on that plug rod special, man, you missed out. We may have to put something else together here as we roll into coconut. Well, I'll tell you, uh, people uh, these days, everyone's so used to using graphite rods, they forget about fiberglass rods graphite rods are great mm-hmm. for uh for getting bites and feeling bites stuff but as far as fighting fish go glass i'll tell you man those uh those old school fiberglass rods mm-hmm. are really fun speaking really of old things. school glass not the eldest of the glass team but uh the youngest if it were uh brandon glass team hookup guide service you like that segue brandon see how i put that in there <laughs> old school glass that would be your father jack but uh we're talking to you today my man how you doing thanks for uh, jumping on good man good i'm doing good so just getting ready to head out and hit the water here anytime so yep got a feeling you're getting back on the sandy uh thanks for uh putting up with me the other day for a few hours is able to come down hang out with you and you and Cody, and uh, anytime the three of us can get together and fish, we usually have a good time. And your guys, buddy Ryan, jumped in, you know, so it was all fun. But uh, you know, in in our time on the water, Brandon and I kind of made mention of it. And you and I had a discussion on your your technique and presentation, and in how you guys have kind of adopted the bobber dog and deal, and really how you present your stuff versus like I was talking about. <clears throat> excuse me, what we do uh, here in Washington, and it, and for me, it's mostly as as I was introduced to it, say, 2005, 2006, out of a drift boat, uh, fishing smaller bodies of water. The, the Sandy is uh, is a pretty decent-sized river. So 
when you uh, bring it back here to Washington, and we're on smaller coastal streams, don't have to cast as far. I'm working down down river in the drift boat and on the sticks. I have guys casting out to the side of the boat and out in front of the boat, putting the presentation just slightly ahead of the boat so it gets there before the boat does. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how you operate your bobber dog presentation out of your sled on that lower sandy where it's uh, quite a bit wider and a bigger piece of water to, to cover. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, since the sandy is a little larger, you know, uh, normal height is going to be uh, 3,000 to 5,000 CFS. is pretty normal. Uh, we have, like I said, wider body water, like you mentioned. Yeah. And what I do is I throw my bobbers out to the side, and I back the boat up, being drift boat or power boat, whatever I'm running, because I ran a drift boat yesterday. Uh, I run I run the, the boat downstream of my equipment. Mm-hmm. Reason being is that the people that are holding the rods that may not fish very often or at all, that once that bobber goes down, it's only a half a split second that they're going to feel tension okay, from either – a or fish or B snag. Right. So there's no reeling up your slack to set your hook. It's it's constant. It's like it's it's instantaneous. So I feel like we hook and land more fish doing that. Now if I have my gear down below the boat mm-hmm. and I have it and I have my boat chasing the bobbers, mm-hmm. I feel like that's what I call it, chasing the bobbers. We miss uh, at least half the fish, if not more. Well, a lot of people are so accustomed to they see the float down go down, they set the hook. Right into, yeah. the, right into all the slack. That's, right into uh, all the slack. And, and yeah. uh, back when I was guiding, and I would do a lot of bobber dogging because, as you guys have uh, realized, it's a great way to cover water, stay within the strike zone, stay within the seam of where the fish are traveling, all the reasons that we've talked about. Uh, but it's that, it's that ability for people to gather the concept real until you feel. And uh, yeah. you're right. If you're fishing alongside or slightly out in front of you, you do have a bit of slack in there, depending, too, on how well they do or do not mend their line. If they got a big line belly down river, their float, they're completely doing it wrong. But uh, if they're on top of their game and uh, they can they can gather the concept, but real to you, Phil, you know, we, we're successful in finding fish that way. But I like your presentation method in that it keeps the bobbers uh, kind of separated out. Uh, you're covering a big, big swath of water. We had four floats out there from from the boat to the shore and, and up and down. When you stagger them things out and around, you have four different lines going uh, down down through the drift, not on top of each other, and you're, you're effectively covering water. I mean, it's a great method to do it. Um, and, and it makes sense that as you move that boat down river and, and a fish grabs it, they, for clients especially, they don't have to try to catch up to it. That fish is probably going to be pinned sooner than they even realize. Well, you know, it's actually it's funny as I talk about all the time. It's my, my, my customers are almost fishing by braille right. because mm-hmm. there's not that much slack. And so they're off looking at the bald eagles fighting each other, the, <laughs> yeah. you know, the butterflies oh, yeah. flying around. Yeah. And all of a sudden they go, oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, what? They go, and you can see the rod tip just getting chewed on. I'm like, right. dude, set the hook. Right. So, <laughs> right. You know, because, I mean, honestly, you know, a lot of my clientele are very, uh, very new at fishing, and they're more looking at the outdoors than they are looking at the bobbers. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. when, I think this, when I think the experience guys like we had the other day with, mm-hmm. with us, mm-hmm. uh, that was a lot of fun because you didn't have to worry about you guys not looking at your bobbers. You guys knew what was going on. Sure. Well, we can you cast. Know, <laughs> there's there's well, that, too. That, uh, that helps. That's, that's, probably, that's probably 80% of my entire trip is if my guys cast, right. we're, we're already there. Yeah. Once you get equipment in the water, you're there. Well, All it is, is now watching your stuff. Now, so for folks that are trying to pick up on what we're saying, if you've ever side drifted, basically the way Brandon positions the boat and the angle of the lines upriver uh, behind the boat and dragging them down, 
It's essentially side drifting with a float. Mm-hmm. But the nice thing is we know when we side drift, you're on a pendulum. Eventually, that, that weight is going to want to find a straight line behind the boat. Clients have to reel up and constantly cast back into the seam. With the float, you're opening the bail, giving line, pulling up line. Brandon's moving the boat in and out. And uh, that bobber will just continually keep that down the travel lane right where it's supposed to be, uh, dragging that lead, and it works in unison. Uh, I got to imagine that's – when's the last time you actually had clients side drifting? Do you even do that much anymore, or is it just so convenient with the float that's kind of the go-to for you and Jack? Yeah, my, my, my side drift rods now have been redonated back to Lama Glass, and I've got all bobber dog and rods. Yeah, yeah. So it's so effective because, like I said, you, you can open up your bail – your boat can be doing a 360 out in the middle of the river from the wind or the waves or whatever. As long as you have slack out there, your your gear is fishing. Yeah. Unlike side drifting. Right. Once your boat once your boat moves away from the the, the, the spot, mm-hmm. your gear gets pulled away. Correct. Once you get your boat pushing into the spot, your gear sinks and you get hung up. Yeah. Bobber dogging. As long as you got the right bobber do- uh, white right lead and the yep. right uh, bobber length, you can honestly fish parallel to the shore as far as you want to go. Well, when you're fishing four guys out of your sled, uh, how much time do you spend tying knots when you're side drifting too? Oh, well, man. you know, there's well, and but I'm going to say about the same. Yeah. Okay, between knots, because we do get tangles, we do have guys chasing squirrels in the trees. I mean, that happens. You know, <laughs> and there's a little more stuff involved when you get a bobber. We're not going to mention any names, up. Cody Herman. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was so bad. And Dwayne. Hey, did I, I did not hit a tree. First the other day. Oh no, that was a uh, that was an underwater tree. That was a big stump. Yeah, you're right. First cast, I was on the doggone sideline. Couldn't believe it. But I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, Cody says, Hey, bring your gear. We're going to go fishing. And we originally had planned to get in the drift boat and do the long float. And then because your guys canceled and you were kind of hanging out, we're like, Oh, let's go fish with Brandon, stick to the lower section. Seems like most of the fish are congregated there in the lower section of the Sandy. And I hadn't been on the Sandy in a few years. So yeah, let's jump in Brandon's boat. It took me not all that long to grab one of your spinning rods when I realized how far back we're going to fish and how far we're casting. I love using my bait casters and, and, and my setup when I'm on my home waters, but when you're in Rome, man, you got your program. Yeah. I'm looking at it. I'm going, I'm just setting the bait caster down. I'm going to grab these spinning yeah. rods. Yeah. That Lama glass, uh, what were we fishing? The 9.8, 8 to 12? Yeah. So, so SI? That's, that's a 9 foot, that's a nine foot 8, 8 yeah. to 12 SI rod. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the very high-end rod, but I, I offer that to my clients because it's super lightweight. It's got hook, a great hook-setting power, Yep. Um, but it's also got a nice light tip. So all those things involved, my clients can hold that rod for eight hours, and they're not fatigued. Sure. And so, it fits in the you know, palm it, of your hand it, real nice. We were talking about the grips on these Lamy rods, too, and it's uh, ergonomics, man. It fits in the palm of your hand. doesn't make your hand tired. You can fish it all day, and you don't get a tired arm. It is, but, you know, you got to look at also a lot of the people may not be able to afford that type of price range. So, right. You know, the, X, the X11s make a nice rod. They do. Um, you know, the, the G1000s, uh, the, uh, the Infinities are the next level up. I mean, you know, there's mm-hmm. other rods you can definitely look at. Um, I did actually barber dog with a lot of the 9'2". Uh, infinities yesterday out of the drift boat yeah and i forgot how nice that rod was they're really nice those um, infinities are great uh yeah i mean i use those just just strictly for twitching these days but, right uh I, I i use them for bobber dogging yesterday out of the drift boat and uh you know it's funny is up in that upper park of the uh, oxbow down to dabney we only had one bite up there but oh. as soon as they got in the, as soon as they got in the powerboat water we had uh we had three okay so. nice yeah they're just kind of so, hanging low down there aren't they well, you know, here's what I think it is. And if anybody's ever been to that section of the river, the lower river has got a lot more sands. So there's a lot more uh, material boiling up in the river. And I feel like those fish slow down. But when you're up in the upper stretch of the oxbow, there's absolutely no sand. It's all rock. And that water is so clear, 
I think those fish jet. They just freaking right through. There's gotcha. no slowing down. So well, I think they slow down when they're in the sand, and then as soon as they speed up to the clear water, they're gone. I hear you got a little bit of competition well. down there in the lower river from a couple of sea lions swimming around. Oh, around man. Right yeah, now those, too, huh? yeah, you know, those thousand pound sea lions are definitely better fishermen than I am. Chasing the chasing the smelt in, and they find a bonus steelhead every now and again. So hopefully they're well, busy eating smelt right now. Yeah. Well, there's there's no smelt in the sandy yet. Smelt oh, there isn't. Not, okay. Smelt will not show up until at least March. 8th. Oh, I Never, thought they were there already. Okay. Never historically have ever been there before about in the March 5th or 8th. Gotcha. So what they came in on, they had, of course, a pretty big push of steelhead, and um, they had recycle fish. And between the recycle fish and the fresh fish, those sea lions were, uh, were pulled only, it's only like three miles to the Columbia. So they were yeah, right yeah. there, and um, they were just chomping on all of our recycle fish and our fresh fish. And it was, it was really frustrating to watch it and have to fish around them and knowing that, you know, they spooked every fish and or bit and or you know, grabbed onto a fish that now spooked down their mind. Yeah, yeah. But it's very, it's very frustrating to have to fish around those those uh, those mammals. So. Yeah. Well, uh, March is fast approaching, my friend, and uh, you'll be jumping back and forth. You'll start fishing springers out there in the Columbia. Steelhead fishing on the Sandy will still be happening. And, uh, gosh, before we know it, you'll be down there at Buoy 10 for your, what do you got down there, 110 days or some crazy thing or <laughs> Whatever, yeah, so about that I start in the ocean, then uh, do that, and I do tuna for uh, salmon, tuna, and then come back in for August first for the rivers. So. Yep, yep, busy, busy yep. man. Well, hey man, appreciate you jumping on this morning. Appreciate you getting me out there in the boat the other day. It's always fun, and uh, we'll do it some more. Uh, hey, if you're looking to book a trip with Brandon, five zero three two six zero eighty two eighty five. Brandon Glass, look him up at Team Hookup Guide Service. www.hookupguideservice.com. Yes. Yep. And uh, they can track you down and book a trip, man. Always a pleasure, and uh, we will see you soon. All right. Sounds great, Dwayne. You guys have a great day, and uh, tight lines, everybody. You Thanks, got it, Brandon. Brandon. All right. Bye. Yes, sir. Good guy to fish with. Boy, that's all he does. That's all he does. Every I mean, day, year-round, he's doing something. Well, he's so diverse. If you drive mm-hmm. by his house, he's got four boats in his driveway. What's that tell you? Yeah. And they're all different sizes. Yeah, and, all, uh, all for different kinds of river All for different, and then uh, got yeah, the ocean and, the, and, and uh, big river. Big Columbia and small rivers, drift boat, small sled. I mean, him and his dad do it right. Yeah, and, they got uh, it handled up pretty well down there. They do, and he's a good guy to fish with. And Ian is one of those guys that basically will tell you everything he knows on a day in the boat. You're going to pay for eight hours of fishing, and it's got floating classroom. Yep. He's yeah, Brandon, Cody, um, Cameron Black, all them guys. They're not, they're not one of those guys that are like, look, you're paying to hold the rod, and I'll tell you when to set the hook. No, you're paying to enjoy the day. Learn the particular fishery you're doing with them. They're not threatened by the next day. If they see mm. you in your boat on their piece of water, they're going to catch their fish. You are not going to outfish those guys. No, they're going to be fine. They've, even if they told you all their secrets, they're still doing things they don't even know what they're doing. And they still hold a few close to the, to, of course. Close to the vest. Got to keep a couple in. Well, hey, we got just a couple minutes here, Rip, before we jump out of Steelhead Nation. Let's jump back to that uh, topic we didn't get at the first hour, uh, spinners for Steelhead. We talked spoons pretty mm-hmm. much in depth. I think we answered all the questions. Let's talk a little bit about spinner fishing. Let's talk... Uh, Real quickly here, kind of an average go-to size of spinner, weight, size, four or five, whatever Mm -hmm. type of blade that you like to fish and the reasons why. Uh, This time of year, I don't use a lot of spinners, but I do occasionally. I I usually use them uh, in um, two conditions. When it's uh, later in the season, like say um, end of March and on, uh, if it's been really warm for a while, 
I will uh, throw some spinners in some of the slower spots. Um, the fish seem to be pretty aggressive after mm-hmm. them then. Mm-hmm. Also, it seems the other way, if it's been really cold and it's really low and clear, then I'll use some little spinners, like some size threes. Yeah. And surprisingly, fish those in pretty shallow water, like the heads of some pools, just getting it into 20 inches of water behind rocks. Those fish have just nosed up in there and are chilling out, waiting for it to warm up a little bit. Um, so I usually like I use bigger ones fours and fives when mm-hmm. it's when i'm fishing in that later season warm water and i use little threes when it's this time of year and it's cold like it has been now when it's freezing every morning a little spinner would do pretty well i've done well in the past a few handful of times i've fished spinners or decided to fish spinner low clear water um lots of sunlight on the water mm-hmm. yeah, bright day and lo and behold like for summer run getting them on a little like size three brass brass spinner brass body with some red on it just kind of a just yep. kind of a go-to, almost Heck that yeah. old-fashioned trout MEP spinner back in the day we, we used to throw for as kids. Yep, little uh, MEPs aglias. Yeah, seems mm-hmm. to get it done for whatever reason. That brass and red, it's just something steelhead naturally just kind of gravitate towards. Yeah, and in the summer, I fish spinners mostly. Right. I don't fish a lot of spoons in the summer usually, and uh, it's unless I'm like on a bigger river, like on mm-hmm. the sky. Or well, the water's the considerably lower, right? Will. But yeah, when I'm yeah. fishing a lot of smaller streams, uh, there's just not a lot of room to get a big swing in with a spoon. Right. The rivers are so little. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll do a lot of throwing my spinner, you know, walking upstream and throwing it up as far as I can and reeling it right down the belly of the hole. Yeah. Uh, then you end up with a little longer cast. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty fun to watch those uh, summer runs chase down lures. And they do. Yes, they, they do. They definitely it's, it's, do. It's really good to see the bites. Right on. Well, good stuff right there. Uh, Steelhead Nation brought to you by Bomac and Lama Glass. Good discussion with Brandon Glass on a couple options for your Lama Glass rods, whether you're a side drift and bobber dogging or pulling plugs. So uh, check out everything. Bomac and Lamaglass have to offer tons of stuff down there at Sportco and Outdoor Emporium, of course, and another a number of uh, retail outlets. We're going to jump out for a break. When we come back, a little treat for everyone. Our good buddy Billy Herzog, who is listening in this morning, uh, is going to join us, and we're going to talk to him about this Roosevelt fishery wintertime. He's never done that before, finally jumped out on Roosevelt in the winter for winter coconut with Bill Herzog. We come back right here Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sportsnet. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Northwest Wild Country Sports Radio 950 KJR. And since when do we introduce Herzog with Garth Brooks? Well, I'm. I got a feeling that since he, he moved to Wenatchee. He, yeah. Yeah, it's Mandy's call. I think she doesn't really <laughs> understand who who she's messing with here. But uh, we'll see. Uh, We'll see what Billy has to say about that. Good morning, my long lost friend. Hi. How are you? Uh, hey, hey, friends and neighbors, how you doing? And, and you know that you know what the metal god likes when he gets his. I info. do, I do. Yes, indeed. Well, well, welcome to very chilly Eastern Washington, boys, over here in the Wenatchee Valley. It's 18 degrees, and where I was a couple of days ago, our friends in Spring Canyon have a nice balmy 12 degrees oh. this morning is greeting them on the launch so egad yeah a little bit chillier <laughs> right? than you're used to uh kind of funny at mm-hmm. the break i was talking with jerry smith and and uh our guest in studio this morning hanging out on the fan couch and we're talking about your relocation and and i said mm-hmm. you know kind of funny with uh with as much as bill loves to winter steelhead fish the last few years here as he and i would talk he was more apt to go eh pretty doggone cold and there's very few fish around i think i'm going to stay home this weekend whereas now you're over there in completely frigid conditions but yet there's fish to be had so guess what bill's 25 years old again and he's gonna go fishing it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Gotta go fishing, man. So you finally went and did the Roosevelt Winter Kokanee, yeah. huh? Roosevelt Winter Kokanee. So how'd that go? Well, normally, the reason we haven't done it before, Dwayne, is you know it's a long drive over several passes. Yeah. And we, we knew it was it was good, but, of course, we had our winter steel had to distract us. And we, it was just a long ways to drive to do it. You know, why, now that I'm here yeah. and I'm literally an hour and a half away from the launch, hey, let's give it a shot. So our buddy Shane Magnuson from Upper Columbia Guide Service called me and said, do you want to jump in the boat? We're going to go over and give it a shot. And I'm like, Duh. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. So we went over and did that, and uh, these guys got it dialed in. And as you as you know, what you saw last year, it's a whole different ball game in the early season. These right. fish are right on top. They're no deeper than ten feet. Man. Oh wow! No oh. deeper than ten feet. <clears throat> and uh, here's the weird part. I was talking to Austin Moser yesterday at the Wenatchee Sportsman Show, mm-hmm. and he was saying last year and the year before this time of year we had 38 and 39 degree water. Right. Yeah. Well, this this year it's 34 and 33 degrees. Holy smokes! That's so, cool. So it's a lot more inconsistent, and the and temperatures are dropping right now. So guys are kind of shying away from there right now. It was good. Mm-hmm. We had a little bit of warm weather last week. We had a really good bite. The last few days, it's gotten really cold at night again. Our winters don't end over here. By the way, it seems, <laughs> seems like, but it's just uh, just staying away now. The bite was getting tough. We yeah. had a, we scratched out our fish, but it took us all day long to get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, all, like they're like, worth it though. They're yeah, worth it's the like wait, aren't they? Ripley has said in the past, it's not. It's not mm-hmm. really. You don't feel like you're kokanee fishing. You feel like you're salmon no. fishing because the bo- right. the bites can be infrequent, but when it is and it's on, it's a good sized fish that you pin, and it's well worth mm-hmm. the wait. So. It's more like salmon fishing. Let's talk about kind of what Todd and I experienced when we were over there at the at the the height of the height of the fishery. That's that mm-hmm. uh, late 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 uh, March, April, May, late May, June. Mm-hmm. We we're over there in June and just stroking them, and they're yeah four and five pounds. Then the fish mm-hmm. are decent size this year already. For kind of allowed Austin put some fish in the boat in January that were twenty four twenty five inches. Right, um, we're only ten feet down. So, how far are our setbacks? What are our troll speeds compared to what we do in the in the summer when the water temperatures warm up? Uh, and and what are they going after? Anything really change, or is it just kind of same old patterns? Well, sometimes you know guys like to troll plugs up here for them. Uh, all different kind of little little like walleye plugs and yeah. things. You know, usually do the plug bite is non-existent in the cold water. They oh, won't hit them. Really no weird. But uh, what they're pretty much right now, if, it, if it's orange, it's good. And mm. it's all hoochie, all hoochies and little gold blades, little colored blades. But it's it's orange, 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 and a pink is a distant second. But uh, it's, uh, of course, because you're fishing shallow, you're fishing way behind the boat, 150 feet, 200 feet back. Mm-hmm. And guys are, of course, using planers so they can run multiple rods and things. But it's... Uh, Put your stuff way back there, and it's not fast. You know, later in the season, we're going one six, one seven, uh, and when the fish get deep. But now, when it's cold, uh, it's one point two, one point three. Oh, you're creeping Staying a little slower. And here's the crazy part, Dwayne. How how long the leaders were you using behind your Dodger when you were there? Uh, the shorter, the better. I mean, yeah, Ripley and I seven we, inches, six oh, inches. Oh gosh, we yeah, it was always under nine inches at the most. Right. Yeah. 
Okay. Leader, leaders now are 18 and 20 inches. Oh, wow. Slower yeah, presentation, you, yeah. not as much movement you on it. your stuff, right? Well, there can't be much action on those lures at all. It's just what, what it is is just blades on top of the, uh, of the hoochies, and the hoochies are just barely moving back and forth in like a two-inch pattern. Just a little mm-hmm. bit of wiggle yeah. and just a little bit. It's all it's toned way down because of the cold water. It's, uh, yeah, it's really crazy. But uh, it's kind of a, a polar opposite of what's going on with Chelan, by the way. The bite is wide open. Oh, man, I've seen the pictures. I, yeah, not, uh, not real large fish by any means, but, gosh, they're, they're definitely uh, getting limits, like, in yeah. short order mm-hmm. over there. Bucketfuls, yeah. 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 There's two age classes over there. There's the 11 to 12 inches, and there's the 13 to 15. Mm-hmm. If you can get on the larger fish, you can really have a great day, and, and you can limit in no time. But that's we've got two polar opposite. Uh, like Chelan's a deep water fishery. Sometimes you're going down 120 to 150 feet to find these right now. This time and, of year, yeah. Yeah, this time of year. And then over in Spring Canyon, we're right on the top. It's just it's crazy, but hey, it's really cool. Are you guys using downriggers 10 feet down, or are you just putting a little weight on and letting it weigh back? Oh, uh, just a little of both. Guys are doing both. We're using we put them on the downrigger just to get um, <clears throat> just to get good hook sets. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it, it, that's that's all it's for. But you don't need a downriggers at all right. right now. A lot of guys are just putting like quarter ounce bullet weights a little ways ahead of their dodgers, and that's what Austin is doing. Mm-hmm. And because this is such a new fishery, you guys, when I'm I'm just mouth mouth shut, eyes open, and ears open, <laughs> and I'm taking I'm taking notes. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And uh, it's a it's a whole different. If you think you can cook any fish. Yeah, have have uh, like Brad Wagner and Austin and Shane and those guys show you what's going on. They they know what's up, right? And it, it's very cool. Yeah, when and we were there, la- not, no, it's cold. Oh <laughs> it's man, cold. <laughs> when we were there last year, it was the same way, Bill and Ed. Uh, we we were doing okay ish, but every time we got a tip from one of the pros there, it would up our odds up about twenty percent every time. Bit. And by after a few days, we were. You know, half as good as them. What's interesting <laughs> is everything we learned relative to that fishery last June and into July when I fished it multiple times. No, mm-hmm. None of that is really applicable here in January, February. And as we roll into no, March, no. April, there will be subtle changes with that fishery. As we get into March, April, water temperatures start warming up. Uh, those fish will act considerably different, and they might go after different color. And the guys that really know, understand, and, and are uh, accustomed to the change, the, the guys that fish it week in and week out. What, what well, you know, go you know ahead. it's like being on the water, right? Oh, yeah. Nothing like being on the water every day and get your hydro psyche on when you get <laughs> in the pulse of what's happening. You know, you talk, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, next, next week, we're going to get temperatures are going to warm up. It's going to be a blazing into the 40s next week. But when it warms up, a couple of days after it warms up, the bite's going to be scorching. So if you're thinking about going over to Roosevelt and giving it a shot next week, like after next Thursday, so like mm-hmm. next weekend, uh, by all means, go next week. When it warms up, it's going to be lights out. What will be interesting, yeah. too, is I'm trying to uh, work, in, work in here with a couple uh, resorts and locations over there as I fine-tune uh-huh. fine our uh, Wild Country invite June 5 through 8, June 6 through 8 for the majority of folks that will come over and join us. More information mm-hmm. on that to come. I have a high expectation you'll be jumping in with us over there, Bill, and uh, – Participating in in that fishery for a couple of days and saying hi to all the folks. We're we're dragging a bunch yeah. of Westsiders uh, on over there for a few days, expose them to the fishery, give them some seminars by back, Max Lure and uh, Lama Glass. We'll have some rods to give away. But all that combined, the bottom line is we got to get over there that first week of June and kind of set up camp and uh, cool. get folks to come join us. Now the different, the biggest difference we're going to see when we are there that fir- first week of June compared to what you're seeing right now is water level. By the time we oh. get snow melt, 
And as, yeah. as big a snowpack as we have, we were talking to Cody Herman earlier in the show, mm-hmm. talk about uh, snow melt and how that will affect the Columbia River. Well, guess what? That's an upper stretch of the Columbia River. And uh, they have to allow water to flow at certain times because they just get too much of it. Uh, talking with Keith Jensen last week, the anticipation of those guys over there is we're going to have quite a bit of water. It's going to be obviously higher than it was last year. Yeah. Not sure how much that will affect the fishery once the water stabilizes, uh, you know, you're the Kokanee Phenom. What what do you think is going to happen over there? Do you even have any idea? Well, and with any salmonid, you know, when we have a big water change, it's it always affects them, up, down, whatever. They're dropping Roosevelt one foot a day right now. It's getting low, oh. guys. Trying to make it room for going, that water to come in later. Yeah, you got that right. But yeah. what's the cool part right now, as they lower it, it's pushing everything down. It concentrates everything. So the lower end of Roosevelt right now, from the dam to the to the launch, Right there at Spring Canyon, that's uh, that's <clears throat> that's the hot spot right now because all the feed and all the, it's all right there. It's all right in front. As soon as you clear the buoys, put your gear out. Oh, it's right that's there. Okay, fishing. don't right have to go up to Swilla Basin. Right yeah, interesting. Yeah, there's very, very little running going on right now. It's all right in front. But when it rises, they're they're uh, they're anticipating a hell of a snow melt. And right. by the judging just by how much snow is in my yard right now, <laughs> it's going to it's going to be fairly substantial. So yeah, yeah, there'll be uh, once it rises. But the key will be when it stabilizes, just like steelhead fishing. When the water stabilizes, that's when the fish get aggressive and we start catching them. Yep. you know that. You guys know that. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, looking that. forward to it. Uh, I may. Well, I'll be on the phone with you here in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. We may be, may be making a run over there in uh, early March. Might come over there in that yeah. way, a second week of March or so. We'll kind of see. Not? Yeah, see what's going on and see if you're available of uh, some plans we got I, with I'm Cody re- Herman. I'm right here, man. Yeah, I'm you're speaking, there. Speaking you're on of, top of it. Speaking so. of going, speaking of coming, I'm coming your way. I'm leaving here in a few minutes. I'm heading over. And uh, you guys got me all jacked up talking about spoon fishing earlier. I'm going to be doing a wee bit of that. Are you? Yeah, man. I'm going to bust out the metal box and I'm going to uh, head over to the Quinault, the lower Quinault, and visit my friends for uh, a day of fishing tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. I, haven't, I haven't seen my West Side Steelhead buddies for a while or my little steelheads in general. So I can't wait. Yeah, I'm pretty jacked up. You should have awesome, come over man. last night. You could be sitting here in the studio having yeah. all this food with us yeah, this morning. Boy, yeah, These we got loaded food. Oh, dude. You got we, food? Oh, we got so much food. Jerry Smith. Well, I'm, uh, not, I'm, well, I'm not surprised, man. Every commercial I hear online is for recreational marijuana <laughs> on the show. So, <laughs> we got the snacks is, for it. Right? We ain't got the weed, yeah. but we got the snacks. <laughs> hey, always a pleasure, my friend. We will be yes. in touch soon, and we'll be fishing before you know it. So appreciate the intel on Roosevelt, and uh, yeah. we'll continue to follow that fishery for good reasons, obvious reasons. So. Okay, D, you and Mr. Ripley have a great show, and uh, I'll see you soon. Thanks, well, buddy. Hey, Thanks good, again. good luck Later. out there on the West End, man. I hope you catch a yes, few. Yes, sir. Thanks, brother. Later. There always, he is, the one and only. entertaining to have Bill on. In general, yeah. as he says. Uh, man, that is about uh, two hours goes by awful darn quick. We have a few messages here on the old text line. Hey, one guy says uh, 10 pounds of smelt is actually about a quarter of your five-gallon bucket. Not to uh, not up to have, so don't want anybody to get a ticket. Yeah, you know it's it's. Uh, if you haven't done it before, you know there's guys that go they go one get, scoop, one scoop. They're like, oh yeah, that's my limit. Uh, yeah. you know, guys, you so, know. 
Uh, ask those who are down there, and I'm sure it's going to be starting to get pretty crowded. Again, we got a five hour window for that smelt dip, so yeah, just get your just get a crappy little hand scale and put it. I in your bet pocket you that's what Herzog's coming over for. He's Think not so? coming over for steelhead. He's going to go dip smelt on this on the uh, callots, and then I can he'll see him do that. Oh yeah, I wouldn't doubt it anyway. <laughs> okay, like hey, let's jump out for our last break. When we come back, we're going to wind down the show, talk about a few things, and uh, find out what's going on for the week. All that and more. We come back right here, Sports Radio 950 KJR and CSN. Northwest Wild Country on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Final installment, Ripley, Northwest Wild Country for this Saturday. Two hours goes fast every time, man. Uh, Saturday in February already. Can you believe it? Yeah, no kidding. It's already March. Come back next week. It will be March. Yes, indeed. So speaking of which, a couple things uh, going on that we pay attention to. Didn't quite get to in the uh, the Wild Five uh, we mentioned the smelt dip, so that's uh, happening here within about 12 minutes. Get out there and uh, get your dip on. Get your quarter of a bucket, not get your half Get your quarter a of a bucket, not your half. Um, last week did that uh, basics on pulling plugs for steelhead, kind of a 101 of uh, just some basic how-tos and get you going for those that kind of don't want to pull plugs. I put that... Uh, I put that up on our Facebook page. Okay. Um, that, that video edited, uh, it's from, from start to finish. We cover plug plug fishing, uh, types of plugs, reasons why. If you heard it via iHeart or you heard it uh, on uh, on demand, went to the uh, KGR webpage and uh, listened to that, and you want to see it and haven't uh, perused our Facebook page, go to Facebook, friend our Facebook page, and then uh, pull that up, scroll to it. You can watch the actual pro cam as it was uh, presented here last week on the show. Uh, and I'm going to continue to try when I can. When I have time, I will post up a segment or a, 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 a particular segment, pro cam segment or otherwise, <clears throat> excuse me, um, each week on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. So those of you that don't have the show and kind of want to check it out and see what's going on, I uh, can get a little look on that. I think today we'll try to put up our spoon discussion. Yep. Found anything useful in there for you, you can go back there and find it again later on our yeah. Facebook page here in a bit. All the, the the shows in the entirety, hour one, hour two, are always on demand. If you go to Sports Radio uh, 950 KJR and you pull up the on demand, scroll down to Northwest Wild Country, and you can find uh, – Stephen puts it up right after the show. And, of course, uh, weeks upon weeks of uh, content there. There's a library that goes back several years. So you can always get us on demand. And I will try to post up uh, some of our segments on our Facebook page. So visit us there and check out what's going on. Uh, also, the the continued debacle down there, Oregon, uh, Columbia River uh, reform, Gilnet reform. Um, kind of interesting. Had a few conversations this past week. A couple things going on that I want to make note of. One, in our state here, Washington, Governor Inslee still needs to reappoint persons to uh, the commission seats. Right. Larry Carpenter, friend of ours, vice chair currently. His term was up December 31st. He still resides in that seat, has yet to have the meeting with Governor Inslee. Some things came up. Their schedules uh, didn't quite align, but he's going to have that meeting in the in the following week here with uh, Governor Inslee. Uh, we're hopeful in a reappointment. Yep, we'd and like that. Larry's a good guy. Larry's a great guy. And then uh, he's so involved with the industry, mm-hmm. you know, up there at Master Marine. So get uh, get him reappointed to that seat, and then hopefully the, the Senate will confirm him. Um, and not sure which way that's going to go. So in support of him, I'd like uh, folks to take some time and send an, uh, an email to Governor Inslee's office. Say, yep. hey, completely uh, 100% support uh, Larry Carpenter reappointment to the seat of vice chair there on the commission and to serve another term. Um, once he gets that foot in the door, obviously, I'm pretty sure the Senate excuse me, will confirm him and, and we can move forward. Now, what's interesting here in Washington, that's the process. As you know, Ripley, mm-hmm. you need to be appointed by the governor into that seat. 
Senate needs to confirm your appointment, and then you serve your term. <clears throat> down in Oregon, choking on that pastry. <laughs> still, <laughs> down in Oregon, uh, completely different deal. So the the roadblock that they uh, wound up with by by Governor Brown appointing Buckmaster, right, former lobbyist for the Gilnetters down there out of Oregon, uh, to the seat of their of their commission. And then to see the way that that vote went. We've covered this multiple times. We covered it when it was down there in studio with right. uh, Owen and Cody and whatnot. But, you know, we're, we're allies with Oregon in this. We're all sports and recreational fishers, and we got we got to tote the line here. Uh, the interesting thing in Oregon is governor appoints persons to the commissioner. Governor can remove persons from the commission. And she had stated previously that she'll appoint Buckmaster and, and however else their, their, their uh, commission panel uh, filled out. Uh, and she has the has the right to remove folks uh, without warning. I mean, they can say, "Hey, you're out of here." Uh, there's not this uh, voted in by the Senate, and then you retain your seat for right. until the end of your term. Not quite the same independent commission that we have. That exactly. Way. So I would, uh, if I was an Oregonian, I would be sending continuous letters to to Governor Brown's office to say, "Hey, if we can't get a decision moving forward here," she gave him that letter for the commission to move. On this Columbia River process on the Gilnet reform, yeah, yep, need an answer by April third. Well, if we look at and look back at our uh, our segment with Cody, Springer season begins March first, essentially, uh, closes tentatively April sixth. They're not going to make a decision, or they have up until April third. I would like to think that they would be a little more uh, aggressive in coming to a, a, a decision on this process because if you read in the the way they constructed this, the the Oregon gill netters can utilize tangle nets for the spring chinook fishery. Right, it's okay. uh, different regulations than we're going to have from Washington. Different regulations. Uh, Washington uh, during the spring chinook, summer chinook, there's no there's no directed fishery with Oregon and the way they did it. They're at a they're at a seventy thirty split still. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so weighs in on our fall fishery down there in the lower Columbia. Especially and will then moving yeah. up. But you still have that little component there when it re- relative to spring chinook and summer chinook, and we're talking tangle net fishery. And if there's no change, you're going to have days, I believe, that they're going to allow those those gill netters, i.e., tangle netters, to come on out there on the Columbia. Not sure when it is. Cody mentioned they're not going to have midweek closures, uh, so they don't have to worry about that. Recreational gets to fish on through, but well, we might be fishing around nets though this year. I might be fishing around the tangle net process. Mm-hmm. So. Those are things to consider. If you're down in Oregon, send uh, Governor Brown continuous emails and letters to say, hey, let's get this uh, commission realigned. Obviously, what is put in place isn't working. Time to remove a few folks and get it directed the way it needs yeah, to be. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd prefer to have a more independent commission like we have here in Washington once yes. people get there. But it can work in our favor um, the way it is down there now if the, the governor, I mean, she says that she would like to see us move forward on this Gilnet reform. And right. if, if the commissioners won't do it, then she can... Yank them out and put someone else in right on the spot. Put somebody else in that uh, favors her vision of, of as of late, I will say, as of late. So with which, that. Which aligns with ours. So good There enough. you go. That's, good uh, for that's right now. truly what we need. Uh, with that, man, great show. Thanks for coming in. You bet. Thanks for having me. Thanks for helping out. Jerry Smith and uh, Stan, thanks for joining us and bringing all the food. Thanks for the snacks. Oh, yes, good stuff. Really good. want to thank Cody Herman and uh, Cameron. Cameron. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon uh, Glass for joining us uh, earlier in the show. Um, good info there. And we'll be back next week. I believe Shangle will be back here joining me next week. He's off the bass tour for one week, so um, might see his his uh, mug sitting here and me back over in my perspective seat where I probably should be every week, <laughs> uh, as that were. Anyway, we'll see you back here next week. Sports Radio 950 KJR and Comcast Sportsnet.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.